This is the Tallahassee Business Podcast, bringing you engaging conversations with influential members of the community that you need to know. This episode is brought to you by The Health Network. The Health Network is an innovative advertising platform with more than 30 digital monitors and almost a dozen different medical waiting rooms throughout Tallahassee. With a diverse mix of medical practices, The Health Network provides advertisers unmatched visibility to a highly engaged audience while directly connecting with target consumers through static and video ads. To learn how your business can effectively reach over 60,000 patients and guests per month, visit THNAdvertising.com. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Katie Harwood here at the Chamber of Commerce. I've got with me today Eve Randery, who is the Associate Dean for the College of Communication and Information at Florida State University. Eve, thanks for being here. Thank you for the invite. So Eve is been, has been instrumental in the Tally Job Hop, which is one of our programs of Access Tallahassee, but he does way more than that. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself to start? Awesome. So the Tally Job Hub was actually one of the initiatives we did to engage our students. Um, you being a former student or lots of our FSU students, they're not from Tallahassee. So they're from mostly 75% from South Florida. So they don't know anything outside the mile or two radius of campus. So when you talk to them about local industry, local businesses, even I, I even get the kids up to Eleanor Phipps Park, which they've never heard of. Right? They'll go to Providence Canyon because it's cool, but they don't know. The they won't go north around. of Midtown. They won't go north of Midtown. I-10 is like Georgia for them. So <laughs> I think one of the challenges we have with that group is they're not aware of any opportunities in town. They see this as a place to come, get their education, and then launch their careers. Um, our career center did a great job of getting people connected to jobs. Their focus is also very national, right? So when they bring in these companies, it's the big players, the Fortune 500s coming in, and their goal is to get those kids great jobs. Sounds great, but that squeezes out, I think, the local audience. So many years ago, probably like 12 or 13, we started our own career fair within the college, um, mostly to get our students internships, but also to get them connected to local companies. We started with like 10 companies in the library, you know, and I think, uh, there were very few that were part of that list. And it was mostly so students knew where there were places to do internships and even tech companies, amazing, 10 years ago. Um, now we're at about 35 to 40 local companies that usually attend that. And we do it separate from the university career fair as a way to once again have our students see what's available. So that was the career part. And then we also said, you know, students still don't know there's a name they see twice a year. You know, so we brought in speakers from those companies to come in and talk about their businesses. And then the third step, which evolved out of that, was we would go visit one or two companies a semester. But we were doing it in very piecemeal. It was like, oh, which company are we going to pick this semester? There wasn't, there wasn't really a process or organization. Uh, after visiting DCI, which was one of our bigger sponsors and actually people who hired our students, we thought, let's kind of formalize this. And we partnered with DCI to do the first job hop. So Lester Hutt was a recruiter then. We did our first job hop, um, shared resources, rented. And then Lester, in his infinite wisdom, figured out how to make the chamber pay for it the next year. And then and passed planet. it on to the chamber, talked about it. The chamber loved it. And next thing you know, it was a chamber activity. And it's been going on for five or six years through the chamber. Uh, but it's still a challenge. I mean, even if we do a job hop, that means we get 25 kids aware of what's going on. There's 600 computer science undergrads. There's 300 to 350 IT undergrads. And if you walked around and did a call, they would still not be able to name a local tech company. So it's still a challenge. And, or media company. That's the other piece we, we work with with communication information. So it's still that challenge. And whoever you teach this semester, 
a year from now, there's another group of kids that showed up in Tallahassee that have no clue what's available there, and you have to start that process again. The university does a great job of getting students engaged on campus and campus life and all the other things, but you know they don't focus off campus. What's in the community, right? What are we doing five miles away from campus? You know, where's Lake Jackson and where's it disappearing to? Or you know, what are some of the things around to do in parks? You know. Uh, I think, you know, Tom Brown Park, students may not even know it exists. Uh, St. Mark's, when I talk to students about St. Mark's, that's so far away. It's 40 minutes away. St. Yeah, George Island. And I think there's a lot to see in Tallahassee beyond just what the university climate is. And it's our job to kind of show the students that. And I think when we do show them those things and show those opportunities, and then they realize the cost of living versus a major city, it presents a great opportunity for them. So that's kind of how this all started in got engaged in how we ended up working with the chamber on this project. That's awesome. And so for those of you who don't know, so the Tally Doll Pop was launched in 2016. Um, it is industry specific. So we started with tech and that seems to be the one that's the most successful that keeps going. But it's essentially a one day tour of Tallahassee companies that are actively looking for interns and full time positions. And so we recruit the students. They have to apply. We select, what, about 22, 24 of them and actually load them onto 15 passenger vans, drive them to these different tech companies like Brandt Information Systems, Diverse Computing, um, VR Systems, and let them go inside, see where they'd be working, meet their potential coworkers, and kind of get a feel of the company culture. And so in return, the companies that participate get a copy of the student's resume and that application, and the relationship has now been made. And so... We've been able, so for example, we relaunched after COVID the Tally Job Hop in October of last fall. Um, we started small. We had 16 students apply and seven have been placed in either paid internships or full-time jobs. Right. So yeah. it's... I mean, even if you get a 30, 30% rate return, that's still amazing. You know, these kids are not going to see that. Um, and I think helping those companies grow. And one of the one of the cool things that most of our students don't know is the companies sitting here in Tallahassee don't really work in Tallahassee. They're you know, huge. So they're huge. Or they, ha you know, Marquis Software is a great one. They're sitting in, you know, outside, a little outside of Tallahassee downtown. Um, but they do work in California. They do work all over the U.S. And I think you're sitting here in Tallahassee thinking, wow, I'm going to work with a local company that potentially works with the state. And that's not true. You're working with national brands. BCI is in multiple states selling your law enforcement software. Uh, same thing for, you know, Datamax, other companies. We have companies in town that work all over the U.S., and students necess don't necessarily see that. Um, so I think just having them experience that, then go back and tell the other students the opportunities they saw, I think that really opens their eyes to it. Absolutely. And it's so much more specific than a career in tech. That it, I feel like students maybe have a laser focus on what that means, whether it's um, computer software or development. Mm -hmm. But some of these students, you might love the tech world and be their communications person. Mm -hmm. At some sort of impact do you think the Tally Job Hop has on these students? Have you heard any feedback on campus or what do you think the, the plus right. side is for participating? Well, the first one is definitely visibility. So I think the students who go on the tour get to see, they see more of Tallahassee than they haven't seen. I mean, we drive them all over. So well, you drive them all over. I do drive them And they all do over. see, they do see lots of Tallahassee that they wouldn't see. Like a good example would be Rubles, right? They're just north of the I-10 and nobody knows they exist. I mean, at least our students don't know they exist. Uh, they do some great work of the healthcare, you know, great work in sharing health data and protecting, securing health data, and a lot of work with COVID data that we wouldn't even know if we were sitting in Tallahassee. A student would never find that out. It's not like there's articles in the paper 
Barujos every day. So I think uh, that those kind of gems are what the students get to see. The second thing is they, besides in Tallahassee, they see the company specifically, they see the environment that they're going to be working in, which is different. Uh, they also get to meet the people that work there, which is a lot more exposure than, say, you're meeting a recruiter in Tallahassee that's been offering you a position. You get to see that environment. The other piece is they come back and tell their students, the other students, about their experiences, right? And I think those things kind of elevate the company in their local lives uh, and then provide internships and opportunities and things like that. And I think the more we do that, Brand is a good example. You know, I always have a guest speaker from Brand in my class every semester. And usually it's somebody who was recently hired who went on a job hop. Uh, right. And once they go through that process and they come back and they talk to the next student, it's another group of students now that maybe the weight's a little easier in getting them to kind of aware, be aware of those things. So I think it has multiple things. It's also good for the businesses to see the kinds of talents we're putting in. Right? So they get to look at these resumes, but they also get to see, OK, what's FSU putting out there as a product? And am I interested in it? Can I work with them? Can I partner on other projects? So I think it's another way to build those industry connections that are great for university, great for university professors to do also. So the Tyler Job Hop is open to FSU, FAMU, TCC students. But I do have to say that the students from your class that come on the hop are always incredibly prepared. And we'll do these in September. We'll do these in early, you know, at the early spring semester. And September is always still so hot. So I'll tell these students, oh, don't worry about a coat or don't worry about a jacket. Just dress business casual. And I'll never forget these students still show up in suits. And I tell them, well, why, you must be so hot. Well, I told you guys you could just wear polos and khakis. And they said, um, Eve told us not to listen to you. <laughs> and so that's just one of the ways that you're preparing your students for life after college. But tell us a little bit about what kind of skills you're trying to pass on to these students so that they can be successful. Well, thank you for that. I mean, they don't have to wear jackets, but they do. I mean, but they good. do. They listen it's to you. Great. It's great to be professional. I mean, it's always better to be overprepared than underprepared. And especially, I mean, yes, we're taking them on these tours to meet these companies. You're being interviewed the whole time you're there. You know, when the CEO of VR system is presenting in that room and she's giving you a conversation and Mindy's talking to you, she's evaluating you. She's evaluating a question. She's evaluating your attentiveness. She's evaluating all of that while she's talking to you about a company. Don't make a mistake about that, right? It's not the actual formal interview. There's a lot of that process that goes on. So always, always be ready for every opportunity. So I think that's one thing we get them focused on. Um, the class I teach is a leadership class. And really, it's focused on individual leadership. but it, And it's also focused a lot on what I call transferable skills, right? Communication, organization, group dynamics, project management, those kind of things that go across disciplines that don't really... And it's not about the depth of how much can you code in a particular language, but it's also what can you do working in teams? How can you communicate? How effective are you in leading people? So, and part of that is teaching them those transferable skills. So when they're on the job hop, those are in high visibility, right? Because you're interacting with people the whole time. And I think in any business, those are skills. I think we, we can always train you in a particular coding thing or whatever your discipline is. We can't as easily train you in some of the other things. So we spend a lot of time working with our students on group information, group dynamics, group collaboration. That's been something, you know, we launched into our, our students will come in and go, there's so much a group in this class, in all our classes. I'm like, yep, by design. That's life. That's by design. You don't do anything alone anymore. You're not going to write, you know, the new operating system for Microsoft on your own. It's just impossible. There's millions of lines of code. So you're going to work in teams in different places, in different cultures, in different time zones. And if you can't figure out how to work in those environments, and now with COVID, those teams are going to be hybrid and have never, those employees have never been into work in quotes ever. They've been sitting at home working. So how do you get a team like that to work together? And I think those are the skills 
we spend time working with the students on so that they're better prepared for whatever the next challenges that come their way. I love how passionate you are about this and, and your students in particular. I mean, you keep up with them post-graduation with their careers and, and things like that. What's one of your favorite success stories that you've seen? I mean, there's a lot of success stories. And I think, you know, I always look at, you know, what's the outcome, right? In everything you do, what are, you have goals, but what are the results? You know, I hate, I hate when students come in and say, hey, we worked on this project, we didn't get the results, but we work really hard. I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't count for anything in the real world. It's like, did you have results from what you do? And I look at university programs the same way. If you put out a product, that student coming out as a product of the university, if they're not successful, you're partly to blame for that. You had four years with them. What did you do, right? Did you teach them the right things? Did you give them the right advice? Did you train them in the right skills that were necessary to make them employable? If not, you failed as an individual teacher, right? So I think- Tell us the I truth. Keep, well, I keep up with my students because I want to see their successes. I want to see what they're doing. And I want to constantly, they come back as an alumni and talk in classes all the time because I want them to once share that information. But two, what did they get out of the program? You know, we always ask what worked, what didn't work. What are you using? What aren't you using? Because if you're not using this stuff, then why are we teaching? So let's focus on what's really helping you in the workers. What are the skills that you're missing? And then what can we do better? So keeping up with alumni is keeping up with your end result and then keeping tabs on it saying, is it working? If it's not, then your program might be awesome, but you're not producing what, what industry is looking for. So I think it's not so much the student engagement as much as it is also making sure that those people are connected to what you're doing and then they're mentoring the next group in the process. So it's a cycle, right? You got out. It's a well. talent pipeline. It's a, it's a pipeline that keeps feeding back, right? You're doing well, now come back. And you know, a lot of our students come back as recruiters, right? Because they've taken the classes. Uh, they come back and they can see the product. They know what to ask as the questions are out there, but you know, they're, they're invested in FSU. It's, it's probably FSU, but they're, you know, they want to co come back and hire the next generation. So getting them engaged helps that. But also, I want to be able to see the students that are struggling. What are you doing when you graduate? Why didn't it work? Why did it take you so long to get this job? What's missing? You want to do this. Did you prepare you the right way? Were you in the wrong program? Right? Did you miss a class? Did you miss something? What, where's those gaps? Because if we can fill those gaps while you're here for the next group, we have a better product coming out at the end. And so your results are what's out there. If those people out there are not doing what they're supposed to be doing, then you're the problem. Hey, you've never lied. I've seen you in other talent-related meetings, so we don't get to see each other just for Tally Job Hop. We have worked together on the community talent plan that has been a um, community-wide initiative to figure out what we're going to do in Tallahassee for talent and how to keep them here and that K through 12 piece and cradle to career and things like that. And I know that's something that you're passionate about. So you're, you know, you're fostering these college kids and their futures and things like that. But how does that come full circle for you? Do you, how do you see that it's, coming back into the community? I'm going to use sports analogies because people love it. It's recruiting, right? I mean, I want great students that have great jobs, but what are they doing in the middle and high school that prepares them for that? And if I see good talent, how do I keep that talent here so they're not going to Stanford and MIT and Georgia Tech and those things? Maybe I'll go to FSU. Maybe I'll go to the Florida program and that gives us different opportunities. You're not going to keep everybody, but where are those talent pipelines in younger generations, right? In middle and high. But also we know we've, I've done STEM projects with the NSF. Uh, one of our programs is called Stars Alliance. We started in 2005 by our former dean. Larry Dennis, there are five schools, FSU, Family, Georgia Tech, Auburn, North Carolina. That spread to 51 schools. And we spent a lot of time looking at research that came up with the, the goal that showed us that middle school is where everything happens. 
your choices you make in middle school as far as math programs and, and technology courses or whatever really determine where you end up in your career. And if you skip those math courses in middle school and you skip that challenge in middle school, you take a different path. So really, if you want to get great technology people or great IT or computer science people, it's middle school where you have to sort of make that first intervention when people are starting to think about what courses they're taking. So that's why we spend a lot of time working in middle schools, right? In middle schools, in high schools. So in our community, we know we have to do a better job with putting technology in there. I travel around the state and, you know, places like, you know, St. John's County, places in Escambia, they're doing some amazing programs in their middle and high schools, building pipelines into engineering programs and other standalone programs. We've got a ways to go in, Leon, in some of those things. I mean, if you're teaching Photoshop, that's a great skill, but that's, we've got to do more with engineering, more with robotics, more in the programs. That involves, you know, getting the teachers support they need to do that in the classrooms. We send some of our students out to do some of that as a way of supplementing. And I think we can keep doing more of that. We can kind of focus on getting more students into those programs that leads to better outcomes in college. And then hopefully they'll stay in town and start their own companies and, you know, raise the level of Tallahassee's talent. So. Amen. Amen. It's, it's, a, it's a long term approach. It, it aligns well with what the chambers are doing. It aligns well with what our schools are doing. You know, a lot of it comes back to resources and time. Like you have the people in place. Can you afford the right teachers to do it? Do you have the technology in place? Do you have the resources to purchase the things in those classrooms? Some of that you can get from grants. Some of that you can, you know, do through private areas. But it's, it's not something you just do and you're like, okay, we're done. You know, years ago, I was involved with a program with Nims Middle School, uh, where we were giving computers to kids incoming in sixth grade. Digital Harmony was a project and it was through the city of Tallahassee. Um, and we would give every sixth grader coming in a computer. And then the help desk for that computer, if they had any problems, was our college students. So they could oh, call I in the afternoon that. and talk to them if they have any questions. And then the teachers would do programs with the kids at home and they would track them in different ways. And we would say, and then we did it for three years so that then every kid in NIMS had a computer at home. But the parent also had internet access, just like the kid and the parent had uh, Comcast uh, gave them free internet. So, there was a whole project that was involved in it. And it was basically like, okay, here's an F school mile or two away from FSU's campus. What are you doing to make an impact? I mean, you're FSU, blah, blah, blah. You got an F school within two miles. Clearly, you're not doing everything you could. So this was one project that we worked on. And there's a lot of similar projects out there where it's community partnerships and saying, how do we elevate different areas? How do we make an impact in some way? And I think we all have to do it. It's not just the chamber. It's not just the universities. It's not just the private community. It's everybody, right? I mean, it, it, it'll only work if we're all sort of involved in this effort. So I think that's a bigger piece that we're trying to work on as a university, but it takes all of us to come together. So I'm excited about this new initiative, not new, two years in the making, you know, coming up with a community-wide solution, I think, because it does bring in all the pieces, right? It does bring in all the players to say, how do we build this together? And as a community, track what we're doing, show the results, and then keep scorecards that we can say, hey, we're improving over time. And that way we get to a better place in the next five years. It's so important to have the community buy-in. What's the saying of rising tide lifts all ships? Right. I mean, it's it's a saying because it's true. I mean, to have the higher education partners and the business community and other nonprofits is, yeah, is what it's going to take to make doing, it happen. Eddie uh, Amigos is doing the, the, the education part of it, and I think that's great. You can bring some of the community. I think we need Teltec and Delmi, we need all, you know, TCC, FSU, family, all the blame. And then we got to get Leon County Schools on board and figure out how we can do that. We know there's another recent project we just started. So we run a summer camp um, every summer for about 25 kids, Title I kids. They come in. It's funded through the U.S. Army. 
Uh, we bring in speakers from the army, we bring in industry people, and then we do five weeks of technology training. At FSU? Uh, at FSU. We did the last two years online, but we do it face to face and we're going back to face to face next year. So we did four years of this camp. And it's really to get kids, and I can actually track those kids as they're now in college, right? And what they're doing. And it's been very successful. I work with Dr. Faye Jones, who's one of our researchers, and we've been working on that for a while. And that project gets kids in who have the potential. We don't identify them, the teachers identify them. And they come in and then they spend five weeks with us. Um, Pre-COVID, we do it on campus. They go to the career center once a week. They go eat at the cafeteria. It's that university environment they're in for, for five weeks. They talk to the care program, which is for first-generation college students. So they're kind of engrossed in, in, in their whole university environment. And then they kind of see where they go next. And a lot of them have gone into college programs in STEM. So we've been able to see some of those positive results. And we just applied. I think we'll find out in another week or two whether we get it for another two more years of the two-year program that we've had twice now. Um, but one of the failures we found in that was black men, right? We were losing African-American male either coming into the program or during the program they drop out because of sports or work or some other thing. So we got a second grant that we're working on that started like a month ago that really builds innovation hubs in four schools. So FSUS, Wicked, Scott B, uh, and FAMIDIA. We've got six kids in each of the schools being mentored by college students from our program that then work with these kids once a week or once every two weeks. The kids come to FSU's campus every two to three months to do like a show and tell of what we're working on. So we started with game design first. They're all building games. They'll come in and showcase their games and then the teachers will go learn something. The parents will come visit something else. The students will go into another area. We'll train them on some next topic and then they get to work on coding the next one and then the last one is videography that they can put everything together. So that project started like a month ago and that's another initiative to once again engage a group that we're missing in some of our programs. So I think those are all partnerships and, you know, four schools are excited to be on board, the teachers are excited to be on board. I mean, whenever you reach out to the schools, they're kind of like, yes, please help us. What can you do? Right. So I think we've got to get better as a community to invest in those resources, invest in those schools and say, what do we do? All of us, what can we all bring to the table? It's not like, oh, that school's not doing well. That's well, they'll figure it out. No, I need to figure it out because those people will end up in my society, in my store, in my business. I need to be able to come up with solutions. So, Eve, how did you end up in Tallahassee? Because um, I, I know you're not from here. <laughs> no, I'm from, <laughs> I'm from Western New York uh, in the Buffalo area. Surprise, everyone, yeah, if you yeah, couldn't tell. Yes. Yeah, same place. <laughs> lots of places that we were. Um, how did I end up here? I. You know, I was finishing up my, my degree and I just had opportunities at Penn State and I was looking at other places and I saw this job for Florida and I was like, you know, I mean, I've been to like Daytona and Miami and Orlando and Tallahassee and literally was blown away. I mean, I expected it to be like all the other Florida cities. Um, rolling hills, beautiful trees, beautiful parks. You know, I was, I mean, that's before we got all the people in town. This was probably 15, 16 years ago. So it wasn't as crowded as that, you know, not as many developments, but just coming in and seeing the environment in town and seeing the university and walking around. I, I walked around FSU's campus, uh, you know, and got a good feel for what it was like. And I thought, this is different. This is not what I expected. I expected, you know, South Florida, or Central Florida kind of environments. And it was very different. And I said, well, this is clearly different. And, and I didn't know anybody in town and I said, well, let's take a chance, see what happens, you know, uh, why not? Uh, and it worked. We're glad you did. Yeah, do something different. Everybody expected me to stay in the Northeast. And I was like, I just did something that I wasn't expected to do. And 
um, came here. I had a very supportive dean, Larry Dennis, who I mentioned. He just been, you know, he kind of, whenever I came up with all these crazy ideas, like, we're going to go do this, he'd be like, okay. You He's know, fabulous. He just, you know, he was very supportive. Anything you do, I mean, anything that involves initiatives in the community, whatever. I mean, I, I advise eight student organizations. We do tons of outreach. We have a Girl Scout group that works specifically with Girl Scouts doing STEM camps and coding. We don't sell cookies and do all the other jobs they do, <laughs> but it's all about, you know, STEM. Like, you're great. Let's teach you how to be an amazing coder. Uh, we have a group called Women Wednesdays, which is an offshoot of the local Women Wednesdays effort that we try to get women on campus together connected. Uh, women's professional group for WISE, AITP, we have group for transfers. So we started a lot of student groups to get students engaged in lots of different things and then take those students back into the community so they can do efforts, they can build community service that helps them in different ways. But then they start to feel invested in the communities they're in. And those students, even when they graduate, you know, they get involved in employer resource groups in their companies doing outreach in the community, doing outreach in K through 12. So they're still under the same guise of what they're doing. So a lot of a lot of fun things that they're involved in. Um, so yeah, Larry's been really awesome, a great supporter, and you know, he kind of would say, let's do this, let's do that. And then we've been doing tons of different projects over the years, and all of them, you know, involve that community piece. You, you can't separate yourself from the community you live in. You can't live in a campus office. I mean, now, know, Larry's smart. He let you run with your ideas, and then you couldn't leave. Yeah, pretty much. You, yeah, really, yeah. really, yeah, who's, who's the thinker I know, here? I think he's the smart one. Yeah. Buy it and then just kind of let him do it. Yeah. Um, but I think that's that having his support, I think, really helped, you know, and then and then just, you know, once students get engaged in this stuff, seeing the light turn on for them is so awesome when they get doing stuff and then seeing them continue. Um, next week, Russ Hill, who's one of our former alumni, um, he went to GM in Austin for five years and moved back to Atlanta. He's working for a company in Atlanta now. Uh, he recruited the GM. Now he's coming to FSU. So he emailed me. Last week, we talked over the weekend. He's coming to do some recruiting. He also wants to do some stuff. He's also going to be an advisor in the Black Men in Tech initiative that we're doing. He wants to talk to those kids and do stuff. He was involved in his community over there doing community efforts. I mean, he's just, he's one of those examples of like, once you start getting them engaged, they continue to do the stuff, which then benefits everybody, right? Maybe not in Tallahassee, but wherever they are, they're doing community outreach efforts. And I see that with lots of our students who, once they get involved in community service through some of our programs, continue to do it. Right. And, and it's that's a piece that I like. The fact that they're still that they're not eight to five work my job, go back and play games or something like that. They're literally like, how do I make an impact? How do I get more with my career? And if I can turn that spark on and then get them doing that, that's even better than anything else. Either. Well, thanks so much for being here, Eve. You're an asset to the community and we look forward to working with you on different things like our Tally Job Hop Tech Edition, which is coming up on February 2nd. And then you can also come hear more from Eve at our Access Tallahassee Power Lunch on February 17th. He's going to be imparting all of his knowledge and wisdom on LinkedIn um, because, yes, you should probably be utilizing your profile more. Um, so come to that. We're going to do headshots for Access Tallahassee members. And then Eve's going to tell you how to make a killer LinkedIn profile. So thanks so much for being here. And maybe we'll see you on the 17th. I'm definitely looking forward to the next event. Thank you, Katie. And thank you to the rest of your team for inviting me over here and for all your work. 